Danielson. Danielson. Konnichiwa, bitches. Uh, welcome back to episode eight uh, of the Grass and Gear podcast. Um, I'm FM Grasshopper, and as ever, joined by my talented co-host Daniel Son of Bolivia fame. Konnichiwa, Dan. Konnichiwa. <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably can already tell there's a slight Japanese theme to our pod. Um, that's because we've taken part in Tactics FC's um, 32 pods on 30 countries for the World Cup 2018, which is you know less than a month away, Dan. Um, there's a bit of backstory to this. Obviously, you was in Centre Parks at the time when we were tagged in a tweet, and I jumped at the chance for this. Um, there was many countries to choose from. Admittedly, there were some big hitters. You know, there was I think Spain, a few of the big South American ones. Um, but I chose Japan. No one was there to stop me. Um, hope you don't mind. No, no, I didn't really have much choice in the matter. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I got back to my phone and had like forty-five notifications. It was just like looks like I'm doing a Japanese podcast. There was a, there was a few um, yeah Japanese gifts and Japanese tweets and stuff, but uh, yeah, it all fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tactics FC have set the uh, task for us to research ten things about the country. Uh, and the football team um, so we've tried to do that um, we've also our own staff so it's a bit of an unusual pod but then I suppose grass and gear by default is unusual really so um, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to make it fun uh, but we'll try to also put some FM into it And but you know there's always going to be a bit of real life football to today's podcast and a bit of history and stuff like that um, I think that's pretty much it really we should really go straight into it because we've got 10 things to cover today it's pretty big yeah um but we need to do the beer opening um and i think for the first time in this pod we've now actually got the same beer we have um do you want to tell us what we got dan well i don't even know how to pronounce it ashadi <laughs> asahi uh <laughs> it's a dry lager it's on well on my one i've got my bottle here it's japan's number one beer um so it must be pretty good it's a bit worrying. It's a super dry. I'm a little bit <laughs> concerned about trying it. It, it, it looks brilliant. Um, you know, I, I was trying to get Sapporo beer, which is really popular. Well, it used to be really popular, I think. Um, and I really wanted to try that beer. I went to every supermarket where I live. I live in a city, so I thought it'd be no problem. No, nowhere had it. Um, then I went to as many continental and global supermarkets that I know of, and they couldn't get it. Um, I then spoke to a mate that knows another mate that can get anything and I was told that yeah I can get a crate but it'd have to be I'd have to buy the whole crate and I'm thinking for a, for a football podcast for a manager podcast it's a bit overkill but I was I was almost going to do it and then it was like okay it takes about a week because he's got to drive somewhere so I thought no I'm going to have to go to Tesco's and get Asahi the same as you um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Nevertheless, I'm looking forward to it because I haven't tried this either. So um, let's try some super dry lager. So should we spark up? Um, yep, yeah, let's spark up. Disappointing spark there. Nothing really happened. Hmm. <laughs> it's it's alright. It's alright. Oh no, I like that. That's good. It says on here the beer for all seasons, so we're in luck that you know it's spring. That's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably a bit of a stranger first taste, but when you actually get it in, it's all right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> as an actor, a bishop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also on today's podcast, right at the end, we've got a competition winner to announce, which was the £20 Steam gift voucher for our Panini drawings. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so do remind me, Dan, when we get to that point. I will do. So shall we just crack on to Japan then? Uh, yeah, I think we should get on with our 10 packs. Yeah, okay. So, number one then, we'll start historically. Um, really, you know, football and the obsession in Japan is pretty much come about from the rejection of what's happened before in Japan's history. So... Japan for 200 years was a closed country uh, known as Sokoku and this ended in the late 19th century and when I talk closed country it meant nobody could go in or out of Japan um, which is pretty cr like crazy really when you think about it for 200 years people didn't leave yeah. the country 
Um, there's some few there's some few crazy stories I've been reading about of people trying to like maroon themselves on Japanese islands from Europe and like basically mm-hmm. fake fake a crash landing. Um, but the Japanese government would literally just chuck them in jail. Um, <laughs> so they never really got to see Japanese culture. Obviously, they went back to obviously Britain and America at the time and said they experienced Japanese culture. But I don't think really many people really did. No. Um, so that's really why uh, Japan has been such a rich culture because it's still it never been influenced anywhere. Um, <laughs> we'll come on to why Japan's perhaps got onto football from that, but also Japan's history, World War Two, um, pretty fundamental. It was under American occupation for many years um, after World War Two. Um, I think you you found out Dan that they weren't allowed to enter the was it nineteen fifty World Cup because nineteen fifty World Cup yeah they were banned from qualifying. Yeah, so again, I suppose that's another fundamental part of the history. Um, but you know, as um, Japan is dictated really almost by the emperors, um, when an emperor changes, generally you get a, a swing in how foreign policy plays out. And I think in the in the eighties, a change of emperor kind of signalled. Uh, an embracing of the Western ideals, really, and you see that now. The J League was launched in 1992. Um, I think for me, it was the first exotic league that I remember. Yeah. Um, growing up, it was the place you know where the big stars went, um, and you know the first intake that they had in that 92 was golden. Yeah, Gary Lineker, arguably one of our best ever strikers in an England shirt. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Diaz. The Argentine Zico, um, and then after that, in the, like after the '94 World Cup, they had Stojkovic go in, Squalacci, Dunga, who won the World Cup as captain with Brazil. Um, so it was really like the the MLS. I know there was also America, but it was kind of it was a really interesting place for players to end up. Um, since then, they've had to kind of compete really with. You know the the rest of the world catching up. So obviously, players now go to the Middle East for money, uh, China, uh, and MLS as well. Um, but you know they've they've now changed their model really in attracting Brazilian imports. So they've gone on, you know they've gone on recruitment campaigns. They've got Hulk. Obviously, he was there for a little bit and then went to Porto. Um, we've had Barre, Chael, Lucas Fernandez. They've gone on to the Middle East, and I looked at the squads from last season. I think 16 of the 18 league cubs um, contained a Brazilian, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, so they kind of, they're, they're still the exotic league, perhaps not the, the big hit as what they were in the in the 90s. Um, so that's my first fact, really. They, they've embraced um, football pretty much probably because it's such a change to what was what went before it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, I think as a spectator sport, they're they're up there with some of the best spectators in terms of numbers in the world. They they outrank countries like Portugal, Holland, uh, Mexico for actual getting people in stadiums, which is pretty impressive. Um, so, you know, what a country to pick! It's football obsessed. What's well, to say from like um, have you ever been manager and football manager? I had um. I had a bizarre save in Japan in the CM days with a, with a mate. Um, I remember actually coming home from school and powering up CM, but we, we used the one of the checkboxes then to just fake the players. Mm-hmm. So we played with a Japanese database, but all the players were fake. So, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it doesn't really matter with, with <laughs> the, the player names anyway, because <laughs> we didn't know anyone then really other than the big names. Um, and that was fun. I just remember I had a, a striker up top called Pierre Cicada, I think it was called, and he was he was banging in the goals. I don't know who he was in real life, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually can't remember who we were. I think I, I think the team I managed in was in a pink kit. But um, I, I would love it f- to come back as a licensed league in FM. Yeah, I really would. Um, you know, it, it, it's still a country that fascinates me. I must admit. Well, I think um, didn't. Didn't you go there with the um, Bastardo on holidays for Chris? I did, yeah. Darwin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Darwin had a great save um, last year in FM. Um, and I took Bastardo there just to um, check out the Okinawa Islands, which is basically almost China, really. It used to be under Chinese occupation. Um, karate comes from there via China. Um, mm. Yeah, and 
that was another great moment to just do research a bit of Japan as well. Mm. So maybe that was what led me to pick it in the uh, in the when the FC Tactics pod listings come out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. What about you? Have you tried them at all? I haven't. No, I can't say. I mean, like I can remember years ago there was like um, a goalkeeper. I think he played for like F Marinos or something, and he was always like I think he was a national team goalkeeper. And you always used to be able to sign him on a free, and he was a pretty good goalkeeper for the game. But I'd never actually managed in Japan because I think one of the things is um, with obviously the licensing issue, and um, one of the um, with getting the real players and I don't actually know if it because um, it works for the names like it does for the um, German ones or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think we need to look into that. Um, you need a base an extended database anyway for the league. But mm. then I think they're also like Germany; their players are restricted, aren't they, from national team? Yeah. So because I knew you can get the real fix, like you can with um, the German ones to make their national team work. But I don't know about the actual leagues itself. Yeah. No. So, I mean, maybe, maybe that's something we have to find out. Yeah. Okay, that's the first fact, anyway. So, what have you got, Dan? Well, um, I found out something quite incredible. Um, the top goal scorer from the 1992 um, first season of the G League is still playing, and he's 51 years old. He's a striker. They call him King Kazoo. His real name is Kashayushi Mauru. So butcher that one. <laughs> <laughs> he joined Yokohama FC as a 38-year-old in 2005, and he's still playing now. That's crazy. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, um, Kashiyoshi Miura. Um, he obviously, I think if you come, if Yokohama signed him at 38, they're probably thinking they're going to get one to two years max out of this uh-huh. this guy. And he's gone on to play what for another decade and a bit more. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, incredible. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and he's still scoring because I seen that he scored a goal like recently. Yeah, he actually obviously he played with um, Lineker and Co in the first 1992 season. You know, if if, if someone told you that in 1992 that a player would still be playing in 2018, <laughs> um, yeah, they would have fallen over and laughed at you. I reckon. Yeah. Um, I can't see, can't see Lineker getting <coughs> up. No, th- there is um, a bit of backstory as well about Miura that he he qualified Japan in the '98 World Cup, um, yeah. pretty much, and then they dropped him for the actual tournament. It was the first tournament. Um, really? Yeah, I, I, I saw. A, I was reading up about that and just just noted that. I remember that little fact that you know he was probably their like most valuable player at, at that time, and then for some reason they just ditched him. Um, Cause I'm pretty sure he scored in their qualification campaign as well. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But he did go on to play in a few World Cups after that, anyway. I, I believe mm. so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know when's he going to stop. Dan, fifty-one. Well, that's it. You might as well just carry on, then, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you've you lost your pace at fifty, you might as well. There's not you know, not much of your game left to lose, so you might as well carry on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever met? What is the oldest player you've ever managed in FM? Oldest I've ever managed, probably to be fair, probably about thirty-seven, thirty-eight for a goalkeeper. Yeah, you know, like a backup goalkeeper or something. You know, I'm not necessarily a starter, but for it, that, that was when they signed him as a striker. <laughs> I know it, <laughs> it's always risky having advanced players like that. Yeah. Um, but in 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 in, in this FM, I've had uh, two players reach forty. No, I've had three players that reach forty, two outfield and one uh, goalkeeper. Mm. And that's Leandro Desabato in defence, uh, Rodrigo Brana in midfield, and uh, Mariana Anduha in goal. Who you know, I've, I've loved all three of them going on to that crazy age. But even at forty, to do another decade, um, wow, what a story! Didn't have you still got them, or have they retired now? Um, this is sad. Mariana Mariana Anduha retired last night in game for me. Um, he lasted five seasons, and you know I did beg him to re, you know, reconsider and go on for another year. Sometimes that works. I get the feeling it's kind of like a roll of the dice at the back of the, yeah. the back of him. But he hadn't played enough, I don't think, um, in the previous season, my fifth season. He kind of lost his place to Axel Werner, who's now in goal and my number one. Mm. Um, and I think perhaps that 
comes into the equation when he makes a decision. Yeah. If he didn't meet that threshold, he's going to retire whatever. If you were still you in the like starting every game, you might have stayed on. Yeah, and I I would love to carry on playing, but his his agility just got down so much now, um, <laughs> and you can see in the match edges sometimes there's things he just doesn't go for, and yeah. you can't risk that. I think you know when I'm high flying like I am at the moment, you can't have a goalie that doesn't dive or anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You've seen the match engine. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so thirdly, I think it's it's up for me now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, right. It's a question for you, Dan. So, mm. there's a World Cup winner playing for Vissel Kobe in the J League right now. Uh, he was he was winner of the 2006 Best Young Player for World Cup 2006, uh, and he has 130 caps for his country. Who is that? Um. Two thousand six. A great tournament. Know. A great tournament that one. Yeah, I didn't. I'm. Two thousand six was good. Just trying to think. Best young player. Would that? It'd have to be like Brazilian or German or something. Spanish. I, g- no, I give you a clue. He wasn't English. He, he wasn't English. Well, that's obvious. He had <laughs> best young player. <laughs> Um. Oh, actually. Oh. Did he play for Arsenal? He has played for Arsenal. Yep. Is it um Podolski? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Lucas Podolski. Um, he's playing in Japan right now. Really? I, well, I, be- I, I believe so. I know he like he he had that like almost like a testimonial for the German team last year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's to be fair. Like um, I watched him many times at the Emirates. And he was one of those uncanny players that, you know, he, he appeared in the right place sometimes and had a real good shot mm. on him. And he, yeah. he, there was a bit of an output to him, but he was never that, you know, mm. he was in between basically a good winger and kind of an average striker. He could never do the role up front on his own. And Wenger did try mm. it a few times. But um, I don't know. I think for anyone looking at saves, perhaps with an extended database, either this year or next to them, to manage Podolski for a little... Um, you know, last last season or two seasons with a World Cup winger in that squad, that, that's that's a dream save. Yeah, but do you, do you know how he's getting on over there? Um, I don't know. I can have a quick look actually. Um, if I can type and talk at the same time, which is always a <laughs> uh, right. So Podolski. Well, Wikipedia says eight league goals in twenty six league games, which isn't too bad. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I assume he's playing a striker there rather than a winger. Yeah, I get. I guess so. I'm guessing he's going to be the, the number one guy there. I'll just, yeah. I'll just have a look at the rest of their squad to see if they've got any any other players that I know. Okay, so they've made him captain. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty much predominantly Japanese. Obviously, they got the token two Brazilians in their squad. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So it's interesting that he's still there and he's he's playing. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, we move on to number four. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Number four. <coughs> well, number number four. I've um done a bit of a World Cup history for um Japan. So um, their first ever one they qualified for was in 1998, where they got they um, lost all three of their group games. And then the following competition, they actually hosted it um, with, with South Korea. Um, they got out of the group stages between before getting knocked out by Turkey in the round of 16. What a crazy tournament that was. Like the, yeah. the, for a European, for a European, the out, it was such early games. Yeah. And, um, I went I through so that. many bacon sandwiches while watching. I was sick of bacon sandwiches by the end of it because it was like every game, you know, you're having breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that great. that's what I love about the World Cup, you know. Yeah, sorry, I interrupt you anyway. So yeah, that's right. In two thousand six, they failed to get out of the group again, but they actually picked up a point this time. Um, then in two thousand ten, they made it out of the group before losing in the round of sixteen again on penalties to Paraguay. Right. In two thousand fourteen, they once again failed to get out of the group with just one point. 
So if you follow on this pattern this year, they should get to the round of 16 again. Because they seem to alternate between group stages and then the following time, round of 16. Well, to be fair, we, we've done a lot of research in Japan and I've got a feeling they can go all the way this year. I generally think... Now, you'll come to my next fact in a minute, which would be hilarious. But, you know, they've got a shot at this thing, I reckon. Well, well never know, do you? <laughs> but, um, as we mentioned earlier, they were banned from qualifying in the 1950s World Cup because they're part in World War Two. Boo. Naughty World War Two yeah. misdemeanours. <laughs> um, their record World Cup appearance holder is Nakata with 10 appearances <laughs> over three World Cups. Okay. And Honda is their top goal scorer with three goals over two World Cups. They didn't score many goals. No, I quite like Honda. He's got a, a good engine on him. Well, I think mm. it was um, the two, 2002 one when they hosted I just remember watching them and thinking, like, really enjoyed watching them. Yeah. But yeah. Probably, sometimes you, you get that with the hosts as well, didn't you? I think, I think their successes was kind of overlooked because of South Korea did so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they had Gus Hiddink, didn't they? And he was kind of like... You know, all in the press conferences and stuff in Japan. I, I, yeah. I'm guessing Japan had a Japanese coach and perhaps were a little bit quieter in their celebrations and stuff. I, I don't know. Um, it just yeah. it just felt like that. Um, okay, that was a good bit of research. So, you know, they haven't got a great pedigree, really. But if you no, if you think really. about it, if the first tournament was 98, they've done they've made you know inroads. They're now qualifying regularly. Yeah. Um, you can. I think you can probably see the impact of the J League launching 92. They got to their first World Cup in '98, and now they're consistently yeah. getting there. Um, you know, they're only going to get better. I think. That's it's a lot better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so halfway there now. So my fifth fact. <laughs> <laughs> this is quite incredible. Japan actually changed managers two months before this tournament in in Russia. Well, they changed it about a month ago. They changed managers, so they got rid of uh, Vahid. Uh, Halli Hozic, sorry, I probably butchered that name. <laughs> um, he was sacked after qu- like qualifying Japan to the World Cup, and the, the Japanese FA have kind of um, really was really vague in the way they sacked him. It's kind of like, yeah, we qualified, that was good, but we want to change the direction. And I'm not quite sure what the change of direction is when you go into a tournament, really, because he's the guy's got you there. Um, so that's a weird one. But they have a, mm. they have appointed a guy that's got great pedigree and history in the Japanese J League, and that's Ikara Nishino, and he's I think he's got the most appearances as manager in the J League. Um, oh, I think he's that's someone who knows the players and all that. Yeah, he he knows Japanese football inside out, and he's won I think four major trophies. Um, his most successful period is with Gamba Osaka, and I think that was over about a ten year period. Um, mm-hmm. He's like. He's Mr. Japan, Japanese football. So they've got him, I think, to galvanise the squad, really. But this is, this is what gets mental. He's got a friendly against Ghana on the 30th of May. And at that time, he needs to also announce the, the provisional squad for the World Cup. So he's gonna his first squad selection with the friendly would really be his squad selection for the World Cup. The and World I, Cup. <laughs> yeah, and I think, he, I think he gets a little bit of change in June to make one or, what is it, two or three they can make. Yeah. Um, and I, I suppose that's, that's probably why they've appointed him because he knows the league and the players so much. Yeah, he, he usually would have thought he'd have a good idea of it. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, yeah. I was trying to so close as well. You would have thought if they were going to do it, they would have done it back in December when the um, group stages were announced or something. So we had at least yeah. five months, six months to get his head around it, not two months before. Yeah, because it, you know the other guy has been doing all the friendlies until now. So it, <laughs> the decision, you're right should be made earlier um, I'm trying to think, think in my head about fo- football manager and how how would how would FM really cope with that you don't see managers qualify for World Cup tournament to only get sacked just because the, no. the FA want to change a direction it's, it's not in the no, it's no. not in the game <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was wondering if you've ever seen any like ridiculous sacking that's unjustified or you've ever had a ridiculous sacking or you've seen others people the only one in my mind is probably Diego Mendoza when he was sacked for getting oh, yeah. United Arab Emirates to the I think it was I think he got to the World Cup didn't he? Yeah, I think he even won the golf cup for him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they sacked him. 
Do you, I don't know. I don't, don't know why. I mean, like, he, I think he met all the performers and he just slapped him. Probably just style with football, you know. I think <laughs> I think that's probably what it was. And I, 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 it's, it's it's bad to slate Diego because he's not on the pod to defend himself, but. <laughs> they probably saw the football and thought this is absolutely shit can we get Dan Gear in or can, can we get Grass in um, and they couldn't so then they, yeah they just they got rid of him um, so that's probably the only second I think is justified if anyone is listening and has had an unjustified second do please do it in and we may read it we may not but you know it would be interesting to see I think we, we might retweet it <laughs> maybe we might just fave it maybe I don't know <laughs> um so yeah, that's the managerial like changes. I don't know what's going on there. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, obviously, the friendly of Ghana is going to be a real test. They're doing really shit in the friendlies as well. They're not, they're not doing well. And I think yeah. maybe that's why the FA have intervened. Maybe they felt that it was just going to be another tournament where they get you know zero points or one point. Um, hopefully, if we've got them back in now, Grass and Gear is going to get behind them. Yeah, Let's get out of the group. We, we want, yeah, we want to get out of the group. Well, we're probably what we do. We're we tweet out their um, their games and when they actually play them, we tweet out their results. Yeah, keep, keep it in touch with it. Definitely, it we need we need to be all over this Japanese team. We need to yeah. at the players, at the team. Yeah, you know. getting the lineups out. Let's be part of it. Yeah, let's <laughs> if we can. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, depends on what we're up to, but we will do our best. Yeah. We might, we'll get Pedro on the case. Konnichiwa. Okay. Konnichiwa. <laughs> I think this leads nicely onto point six then for you, Dan. Well, um, I wanted to talk about um, Japan's rivalries, but in Football Manager 2018. Because when we looked at it, it was quite a strange group of rivals. I mean... There's um, North Korea and South Korea, which you can sort of understand for um, like proximity. Well, China as well. J- just on the subject of that, I know many times in its history, Japan has tried to invade China. And yeah. the way to get through to China is to inadvertently basically invade the Koreas. So, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. you know, you could argue that it's probably a sporting rivalry because they're their closest. But historically, Japan yeah. have always been invading Korea and then on to Japan. Um, yeah. So there's a bit of beef there, really, but it's probably never going to go away. <laughs> yeah. But then there's two strange ones Saudi Arabia and Iran. Now, I had a little look around and I, they've met a few people a few times in the uh, like Asian Cup. Right. And I could, I could only, I couldn't find anything, but I can only assume there was some sort of like issue with it. I know they played each other in the finals a couple of times or in, in group games, but it just seems a bit strange that they would be rivals like you said at least there is some sort of historical um, points with Koreans in China but with Saudi Arabia and Iran just it just seems quite quite strange and out there yeah I'm guessing that is, that's got to be a sporting rivalry developed over yeah. over the actual national team I guess well, like, well I, when I googled, googled it it didn't come up with nothing so obviously that's one for the researchers yeah I, I know they um they have played a tournament recently I don't know if it's kind of like an Asian tournament and I think they lost to Saudi Arabia I think yeah I think that was the um, Asian Cup yeah that's it um, but yeah that, that that's too recent for enough to be impacting on FM 2018 yeah. Yeah. so there must just be basically lots of finals where Saudi Arabia have um, done them over I guess yeah um, interesting though interesting um, I mean like that one of the things with rivals in um, Football Manager I am um, I never really paid too much attention to it you, you got your diabetes but I don't think there's enough um, it's not like it's always in, in depth enough I mean if you were like say Everton playing Liverpool there's not enough build up about it you know what I mean yeah it's just like it's just one little um, question in the um, press conference yeah or you're playing your local rivals in the big game there's, there doesn't seem to be enough like build up about it I mean that I suppose that could get boring eventually but also I don't know if it does or not, but do your rivals change? Well, you say like they, they introduced after dynamic, so many years. Yeah, they introduced dynamic dynamic rivalries, didn't they? Uh, uh, um, but to be honest, yeah, maybe I don't look enough into that screen on FM to notice if it is actually dynamic. But I don't think I've ever no. developed a rivalry. I'm guessing because maybe I'm one of these guys that I don't play many years. Really, I, mm. I'm on season five now. Well, going into season six, um, I'm probably going to finish about eight. 
maybe 9, 10, I don't know. I'll never get beyond 10, so maybe you need to go beyond 10 to get dynamic rivalry. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one thing to keep an eye out on. I mean, I'll, I'll have a look at my next time and um, see if there's any changes. Well, from Cash and Passer, have you developed any European-wide, like from Europe? Yeah, I mean, I see if any rivalry at all from um, Cash and Passer, because um, I think when I know that when I started, there was only one, and it was like a non-playable fourth division team. So uh, I'll just check out next time and see if there's um, any on there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a look on my save as well, but I don't think I've developed any yet, I think. Mm. I think everyone is a rival, basically, for Angel Bastardo. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, point seven then, on to me. I've not really got much to say on this, really, because it's all going to be up to change because of managerial changes, but I was going to mention about the current formation of the national team and their style of play, but that's all going to be subject to change based on Ikaro Nishino's uh, friendly against Ghana and then whatever else he can do in that time before uh, mid-June to start the World Cup, but... They they predominantly set up as a four three three, um, and they've got you know they've got some good players in their team really. They, you mentioned Honda Kagawa, I think they're going to be in the squad. Yeah. Um, you've also got the Leicester guy. Um, is it Osaka Osaki? Is it the striker? Who's quite a, I think in yeah, I think in the game in FM I think he's like a defensive forward, which is yeah. I, I always like a defensive forward. They're, you know they're, they're kind of battering ram up front, um, but. Uh, They've actually got some surprisingly good players. Like they've got a young guy that's on. He's at Leeds. Um, I need to find his name actually. He's he looks the real deal. He's he plays in the centre midfield, I think. Uh, too sex. Let me get his name. But he's on loan, I think, in Spain. He's not played for the last few months, but he he had a a great goal against Australia in the qualification rounds. Uh, Perhaps I'll find it and tweet it from the Grass and Gear account, but he's absolutely, mm. he absolutely delivered it through his laces. Um, and I thought, when I saw it, I thought, Jesus Christ, who's this, who's this guy? He looks like he's grey with his hair, so I thought, okay, he must be an established pro. I think it turns out he's only about 20, which is <laughs> pretty weird. Um, right, let me just see if I get his team. Ban fixtures. Let's have a look. Right, so they beat Australia. His name is Yusuku Iduchi, and he's in the Spanish second division, I believe, with cultural Leonesa. But I think his parent club now is Leeds United. Maybe we should um, adopt him as our favourite Japanese player going into the World Cup if he gets called up. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I really hope he does get called up. Um, but obviously he hasn't played, I think, since February in the Spanish second division. Mm. So if, you, if you're not playing Spanish second division... It's an, Are you going to get to the World Cup? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I think we should get behind him. I think he's the guy to rally behind. He's 21. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's, he's there's hope there. Uh, in terms of defence, they've got Yoshida that used to play for Southampton. It's a, there's a guy in the Bundesliga. I don't know much else, really. Um, style of play is, obviously, I said, 4-3-3. There's not a lot of strength I don't think in the side well it's quite interesting really because it, it rolls on to my next factor which is um, number 8 because um, what I did I, I did a simulation of the World Cup with Japan I managed to download uh, um, add-on to get um, to get the Japanese players in, names in oh thank you and, <laughs> and you said that they um, they play with a 4-3-3 well in the game they are playing with a 4-3-3 but with um, two defensive midfielders and a centre midfielder as their three. And um, funny enough, they had Kagawa as their centre midfielder. I can only assume that was centre midfielder attack. Right. <laughs> but um, I did a simulation from all three games. Um, in their first game, they lost 4-1 to Uruguay. Okay. Um, That's interesting because their first game in the the World Cup coming up is Colombia so you could argue that Colombia and Uruguay are South American I'd say, yeah. I'd say Uruguay are better but they're kind of similar standard yeah so what was the result was um, 4-1 4-1 yeah Kagawa did score the only goal in that one excellent and um, Uruguay actually went down to 10 men on the hour so they had 30 minutes and they, st- they still didn't score anymore um, the second 
second game was against Ivory Coast, which is probably you would have thought more uh, of a level for Japan, but they lost 3 0. Scarily, their second game in yeah. this World Cup is Senegal. So again, uh-huh. it's, it's, okay. it's matching up, isn't it, between South America and yeah. Africa? And they've again they went for, with the four three three with the two defensive midfielders. And what what was it? How many did they score? Ivory Coast. Say again, sorry. How, how many did Ivory Coast score in that game? Um, three. Okay, only the three. Well, okay. Yeah. So they, so far they've let in seven. They scored one. <laughs> okay. But then they went on to their final game against Russia. Oh, Poland in real life. So it's it's, it's oh, mirror in real life. It's in far off, is it? Um, and they actually beat Russia. Who are the host nation, by the way? Bloody hell, yes. Okay. One one nil with ten men. Unbelievable. Um, Kagawa scored again. Wow. But unfortunately, that wasn't enough to get out of the group. They actually finished bottom of the group. Jesus. So you, you beat the host nation in their yeah. you know in the backyard, and you still don't get out of the group. That's that's gutting. Well, Russia actually finished second in the group and qualified behind Uruguay. Right. Okay. So, but um, yeah, it was um, it was interesting to see when you said four three three because it's basically a four three three in game. Yep. Um, they they got some some of the players you mentioned are in the team. Ishida at the back. Yeah. Um, Kagawa, Honda. They got a striker called Kubo. Yes, he's in the Swiss league, I believe. I think it, it was it yeah. was with Young Boys, but I don't know if he's moved on now. Um, um, just... Nagatomo. I think left back and you should believe it in the Milan I don't know if he still does yep yes that's right yeah he did didn't he yeah so they're all still in there but um, I had a look at a few of the stats and to be fair because they got they did get hammered <laughs> twice <laughs> it wasn't very favourable but it did come back basically um, Kagawa was their best player and um, looking at like the heat maps and stuff it, I would say it was probably a centre midfield attack role yeah by the positions he was filling um, they did have Honda on the right, but he didn't really seem to do anything. Okay. He didn't even get the the assist was from um, the goalkeeper from um, one goal and the other one was a penalty. <laughs> so it went. Japan didn't cover themselves there. No. But it was quite interesting to run the simulation and have a little look back, see what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to clarify, you are Kubo. He's moved from Young Boys to now Ghent, but he's got quite a good record. He's got. According to Wikipedia, which we, we, I don't know if we can trust or not, but he's uh, <laughs> he scored eight league goals this year. Um, so it sounds quite reasonable. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, yeah, they've just they've got a lot of fringe European players actually. So it, it it could just be that they all mature at the same time this year, and this is their tournament and win it. Um, <laughs> but this is a nice segue into the next fact that they are actually World Cup winners. But if you take a look at their women's national team where they won the 2011 um, Women's World Cup in Germany um, and also was runner-up in uh, Canada in 2015. So they've actually got European pedigree just on the other gender. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they again, this could be an argument that, you know, the J-League in 92 has kind of peaked interest in football, but it really is in the last 10 years, really, where Japanese football... For, for ladies has taken off. Um, well, all those all those women watching Gary Lineker wanting to start playing football. I, th- I think that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't Gary Lineker once shit himself in a game? I'm pretty sure he did. Maybe that's what. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. <laughs> Maybe that's what did it. <laughs> but um, yeah. they 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 they've got a great team that is, you know, over the last ten years, World Cup rankings. They're they're going to be in the top three or four teams. You know, and you've got actually really good. You know, women's football has actually got a lot better in the last 10 years, definitely. And you've got America there that are unbelievable. We've got Brazil. And then you've really got Japan. Um, you know, I, was, I have watched women's football for a while, El and off, when it, when it is on. I know BBC does a good job of, you know, showing it on TV nowadays. Um, and I do remember, actually, you think it's Homera Sawa, who is quite incredibly... Like, how many caps do you think this woman's got? She started in '93 and she ended in 2015. It's not quite um, Kashimori, uh, whatever his name is, Mora level, but she's got a lot of caps. So he's 75. Yeah, double it and a bit more. What? 205 caps. 
Um, 83 goals and yeah she's got the record I think of something like four World Cups um, Crazy, isn't it? so you know I think what we want is though we want our guys to mix in with those female squad get a bit of experience about winning trophies because <laughs> and hopefully this will rub off for this year and they'll go to Russia and they'll and they'll win the thing well it'll be quite interesting to see how they do yeah see how they get on I mean um if you did, I'll just look at their um, World Cup fixtures to see who they got in their group. Unless you've got it at hand. Um, yeah, you said Colombia, Senegal, and Poland. To be fair, that that ain't a hard group, really, is it? Well, if, their last World Cup game in 2014 was against Colombia, and they lost 4 1. So uh, it's going to be hard. I think, you know, against Colombia, you could argue that Falcao, uh, Yamas Rodriguez, they're going to be a problem. Mm. If you just accept a loss there, you've really got to get a win against Senegal um, and maybe yeah. a draw against and Poland. For, aim for four points. I don't know if that gets you through or not. but Yeah, well, four points is sometimes good enough. It depends on the results. Yeah. Four um, points would have gotten through the simulation. It would have done. And we just got to get behind these guys. And we want all our followers um, and listeners um, to get behind this Japanese team. And the first game's on the 19th of June at one o'clock so work let's all be watching I think I need to take a half day at work (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay so I think this leads us on to our tenth fact observation whatever you want to call it is that we were just going to have a little game because I'm I'm conscious that we haven't had many games um, last time out of Digiri or you know this time so I was going to make you Dan guess some Japanese that I'm going to read out okay Um, they're football terms and you've got five of them to guess and okay. I'll give you one clue. Let's go for it. Okay, so the Japanese. You do realise I'm I'm fluent in Japanese. <laughs> this is yeah. That would be that would be outrageously funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here it is then. Test your knowledge. Daburu hai. I can give you a clue. I think you're going to need it for this. Gonna, you're going to need it for this one. You're going to need it. So this is what we hope Japan will be holding in early July or second week of July trophy uh, World Cup yeah it's World Cup World Cup we'll give you one for that we'll give you a point yeah. um, second J- Japanese is Fawadu I can say it again I'm, yeah go on then Fawadu Fawadu I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have, to have a clue. Um, predominantly, there'll be less of these players than other areas of the pitch. Um, that's that's the only fact I can give. What are you saying? It's like a, a position then, player position. Yeah, it is. Striker. Correct. A forward. Oh. No, yes, you're two point two out of two, Dan. You actually are fluent in Japanese. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, this is actually I think it's an easy one. Uh third one. Handle. Handball? Correct. <laughs> oh, fucking <laughs> hell. If you nail this. Jesus. Okay, three out of three. Dan gear. Okay, this is this is actually quite a hard one. But just bear with me. Are you ready? Yeah. Baishikuru Kiku. Say it again. Bayashikuru Kiku. I'm going to need a clue. Okay, so this is the player trait you can get on FM. I don't really, I don't really see the the benefits of it. Um, if I'm honest, it's one of those niche things. If you saw a if you saw a player that had it, you'd think, wow, that that's cool, that's pretty cool, and you'd want to see it demonstrated in the match engine. But you don't see it that much. I don't think I've seen it probably for about four or five years now. If a match engine. So I'll say it one more time. Baishi Kuru Kiku. Think Dan, you're on three out of three, so this is this is a chance. You can I believe in you, Dan. Baishi Kuru Kiku. Baishi Kuru Kiku. Please through balls. Ah. Dan, how many times do you see players do match engines in the Inatum engine? I don't know. I honestly haven't got a clue what that one is. Okay. It's bicycle kick. Ah, fair enough. I think I think the player trait is something like likes to try overhead kicks. Oh yeah, attempts 
Vocal kicks. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a favourable play no. track. If I'm honest, and I don't think I've seen a bicycle kick for a long time in FM. No. Um, no. Okay, so this is the last one. So you're on three out of four. This is your chance to get four out of five, and that would be a very very strong percentage. So <laughs> <laughs> this is quite easy, I think. Torofi. <laughs> I'll say it again. I'll say it again. It's so ridiculous, this one. Um, trophy. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying trophy. <laughs> it's correct. It's trophy. Is it? Yeah. It's spelled T-O-R-O-F-I-I. Obviously, that's, you know, anglicised into English. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's how they say it, trophy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dan, four out of five. I think we can pretty much say you're... In FM, fluent. we're not uh, maybe not fluent in Japanese. If you was in FM, you perhaps would say uh, competent <laughs> or I, I don't know what the next level up is after fluent. Very fluent. Yeah, fairly fluent. <laughs> fairly fluent. <laughs> um, so that brings an end to ten facts of Japan. Um, I think really the only thing now is to is to move on to the competition winners of our yeah the competition of our paninis. Do you know what? It's good. Because I was meant to remind you about this, and I totally forgot. <laughs> it's good job I'm keeping track of this whole thing. Um, have you got the the entries we've had? Because obviously we we spoke about it. we had a committee in the background of Grass and Greer Productions, and we, we have a winner. But I don't know if you want to put yeah. if you just want to mention a few of the I don't know highly commended drawings we've received. highly commended. Yeah. Well, um, I'd say we probably had a top five to, that we worked out, didn't we? Yeah. And and I must say it was hard to pick this. It was hard, but I would say I'm very happy with the choice we made. Yeah, I think that the the, it, the choice we made was grass and gear. Like if you're gonna, it was grass and gear. If you're gonna it enter was, it, you're gonna do it that way, and it that's that was the level of thought we wanted behind it. And the next level of human evolution was there, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was. It was. It was almost like one of us. Well, not not you, me. It was almost like I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like Harry, it was like Harry Kane all over again. Um, so highly commended. Highly commended. Obviously, I, I know S- uh, Severian FM did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job, and I think we decided in the end he was third. He was third. Okay, and I think second. I know who you're going to say. Second was Jim G underscore FM. Yeah, who, who did? A fa- I think it's a fabulous Shakiri, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a fabulous and, one, and it was you know kudos, it was really well done. Kudos to the actual artwork there. I think you know both yeah. both Serve and Jim, you know yeah definitely brilliant Panini. But, um, but you know the winner, the, I'll, I'll let you announce it. The winner, unanimous. Uh, God, I'm pissed now. Unanimously <laughs> decided. It's, it's a lovely beer, actually, isn't it? I'm I'm it I'm is, licking it, it. I'm gonna go for another one in a sec. Was um Chris Eading at Easter thirty? Oh. He did his player. <laughs> well, yeah, a round of applause <laughs> of two people but yeah he did his player in 2D as he would see it in game which was just cracking it was just a, a 10 red dot with a 10 in it like it would appear on oh, a 2D just, pitch engine just amazing and it was just brilliant yeah um, so um, Chris when I when I saw where I, I, I didn't want to need the vote but the vote was, went the way that I thought I, that I would do it and then I was I was really happy so Chris will have twenty pound um, steam voucher, but I believe he's Irish, so it'll probably be your house. Right, <laughs> he's actually from Northern Ireland. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'd have to convert it to euros for him. <laughs> um, can they get actually? Is this is steam actually in Ireland? I don't know. Probably not. They probably have to get like a knockoff from somewhere. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, we'll try to get some <laughs> something over to it. Maybe. Do you think we should do like a ration box? Put twenty. <laughs> probably. Twenty pound of rations. I don't know, like I don't like lard, ham, spam. Put all that in, <laughs> and we'll get it over to you. So you know, if you if you head to I don't know somewhere in Ireland, well, if, if, we'll, we'll drop something down on a parcel, and it'll, it'll just come from the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> what we do if um, Chris, when you hear this, if you send us a direct message on Twitter or Slack, and we'll sort it out. Yeah, not me. Send it to the Grass and Gear account. I, I, you know. <laughs> But thank you very much for everyone that entered and really enjoyed deciding on it, the winner. Yeah, it was a, it was a good laugh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, so this pod's obviously gone on for a while. Um, is there anything 
in terms of content you want to go through i know you've had a, an amazing week again with another fm plug you're probably the hottest blogger right now and podder well, uh, I, I i do try i mean like to be fair my my blogging is not frequent at all it's merely when i fancy writing about something but i was i was quite chuffed to get a shout out from the actual official football manager twitter yeah and um, the feedback has been brilliant so thanks for everyone who's read that if you haven't you can head over to my my Twitter account or uh, on Grass and Gear has been posted on there on my Slack channel yeah and it's, it's all about youth development and how I do it in the gear way excellent and if you want um, uh, a less successful blog uh, you can head over to my FM content <laughs> <laughs> and I've just done my season 5 um, like recap basically so that's fmgrasshopper.com forward slash fm18 and you can go and read it there. Um, okay, Dan. What? Well, thanks. Well, yeah, thanks for for, for um, listening to this special one. I've, I've actually enjoyed it. It's been something different. I mean, we tried to make it football manager related. Yeah. I think, as much as I we think can. that has been the challenge actually today, obviously trying to get it to be FM related, um, but then also talk about historically Japan, um, yeah, it, it's history in football and obviously the World Cup coming up. So... I'm from um, Tactics FC trying to do this whole World Cup podcast. It was good to be an entrant, and um, despite not having no choice in it, I'm glad you signed up to it. <laughs> Are you glad I picked Japan now? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. Do you know what? I'm definitely going to follow in this World Cup, and I, as much as I can, I'm going to get Pedro on the case to tweet out as much. Japan, yeah. Japan's results and stuff. We are gonna Japanese Pedro the fuck up. We're gonna get behind Japan. We're gonna sort it out. Land of the rising sun. Boom. What we might do, we might bomb Pendro out and get a Japanese guy in for the World Cup. Yeah, we could do, couldn't we? We could do. Yeah, that's just a thought. Okay. But, um, we'll give him the we'll, we'll give we'll give Pedro the month off, and we're gonna get a Japanese guy. And he's only gonna tweet in Japanese. Maybe not, but you know, it'd be fun. As long as he as long as he can pronounce Fawado or whatever it was you said. <laughs> Fawado, yeah. <laughs> or trophy (laughs) (laughs) okay guys um, thank you for listening um, and we'll be back with another pod soon yeah brilliant thanks guys